Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Injury Central Divisional Round Podcast. I'm Thomas Casali with Pro Football Doc David Chow. Well, Doc, here we are, Divisional Round. Uh, it's the best of the best. We're going to break through all the games, look through some of the main injuries. Now, I know you're, we're going to go in order, Doc, but I know you're chomping at the bit to get to that ten, uh, Tampa Bay game and <laughs> talk about some of those defensive players. Well, there, there's there's stuff in every game. Um, you know, certainly uh, we're looking forward to some better matchups this week. There were some blowouts last week. Uh, but, you know, the injuries, there's always stuff there to talk about. But obviously, injuries isn't the only thing for where you to make your make your decision. But we'll talk about some of how it all plays together. Yeah, and as we talk about these games, you'll see our field views come up on the screen here. You can see all that stuff and all our articles at sixscore.com on Twitter at ProFootballDoc, and make sure to subscribe here on YouTube for all our videos. So, Doc, the first game on Saturday is an interesting one. Uh, it's Tennessee. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals. We have both teams pretty healthy. I said here last week that I was going to fade the Titans in the next round, but I don't like what's going on on the Bengals' defensive line. Uh, we wrote an article about it this week over at SixScore.com. I, to me, that's the big the big question is, can the Bengals' defensive line hold up against Derrick Henry and that Titans running game? Uh, we had a couple of reds here on the Bengals' defense. What do you see here? Well, you know, it's the playoffs, right? And so a lot of times the lines are where the games are won and lost. I mean, it's down and dirty playoffs. For the Bengals, they come off a nice win against the Raiders. I love how... Joe Burrow and company didn't literally celebrate a lot. They just said, yeah, we were supposed to win that game. I like that. But uh, Larry Ogunjobi is done for the season, uh, and he's on injured reserve. So that's a big blow. He had some big plays in that Raider game. And their number one defensive lineman, Trey Hendrickson, is in the concussion protocol. It is a short week. You know, they play on Saturday. But it is a good sign that on Tuesday, today is Wednesday, he was already limited practice. He needs to get in a full practice on Thursday or at least Friday in order to be cleared. If he doesn't, he will not be cleared. We say it's about 50-50 to clear the next week. Right now, I'd say it's a little better than 50-50 for the Bengals. He won't practice, you know, much all week, but... Uh, Ultimately, Trey Hendrickson has a chance to play. And, of course, the Bengals are coming out of their linebacker issues. But I think something to pay attention to is also the other side of the ball. The Tennessee Titans, you know, Bud Dupree is very healthy now, uh, being early season his ACL. And uh, they've got a stout defensive line, and the Bengals have still a couple of issues on the offensive line. Obviously, Riley Reef at right tackle. And uh, in an interesting move, their original starting right guard for the season was activated off of injured reserve with a knee issue all season and then released. So that's kind of an interesting move. 
Yeah, Doc, and you know, the Bengals are a team I know well. I've been on them since May. One of the reasons that I, that I liked the Bengals this year was I thought their defensive front was going to be very underrated, which it was. I mean, listen, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, but he doesn't play every position on the field. So, you know, Hendrickson, to me, is very, very key to this game. We give the Titans a slight edge here. They're both, te- both teams pretty healthy with the overall score. 86-1 for the Titans, 82-1 for the Bengals. But, Doc, one thing I find interesting and, uh, with this field view up here, and people can see, I'd like for you to explain, Derrick Henry's coming back, yet for the Titans, we give running back a red. Can you explain that to the people? Well, just look, uh, uh, he, he hasn't played yet, but yeah, as I, I suppose, but even though he's red, his six score and the running back six score is higher than you would imagine just because a player is red. We're just calling attention to Derrick Henry there. Donta Foreman has played very well. But as we said in last week's video, and we haven't had a chance to do a new video on his practice video from yesterday, he looks maybe a little bit better, but not 100%. Look, book it. Derrick Henry's going to play. I think he will be effective. But once again, I still do not expect King Henry 30 carries, 200 yards. Uh, it would be great if he could get 15 carries and 100 yards and Dante Foreman the rest. But in the videos even this week, and uh, if you go to our Twitter timeline and the the Sports Injury Central YouTube channel, we go through it. And uh, the feedback that I've gotten is everyone says he looks great. And then they look at our video and then they say, okay, I can kind of see what you're talking about. Look, 85% Derrick Henry is pretty darn good, right? And so he still can be effective. But this week, he looks about the same, a little bit better. Um, he does take some contact this week. Uh, and Vrabel talked about it. They wanted him in more game situations. But if you look closely, when he does take contact in some of the video from Turin Davenport, Teresa Walker, Jim Wyatt, etc., when he does lower his shoulder for contact, he makes a point of shifting his weight to his left side as he runs, the, quote, healthy side. Look, he really looks good running the ball with the one cut on the left. On the right, he's a little tiny bit hesitant still. And that may be acclimation, that may be mental, there may be some just physical, this may be how he's had to do it as he's recovered. Uh, Maybe when the lights go on for game day, it'll be a little bit different. But we do not expect uh, a Derrick Henry performance of old. Uh, In limited fashion, I think he's going to look quite good, but not 100%. Yeah, Doc, and I don't want to get too much into Cam Akers because we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But, you know, we're going to talk about how we've noticed a a jump from the first game to the second game with him. I mean, just for me, I noticed him jump cutting a lot more. You being a doctor on an NFL sideline, is that sometimes mental in that first game back? You've mentioned Derrick Henry in the practice kind of favoring and leaning. Having a bad injury like that, does it take a game sometimes for a player to start feeling good mentally about that? Sometimes. I mean, look, uh, Cam Akers, I think, talked about it a little bit. Look, physiologically, there's no way for him to make that big of a jump in one week. Does it really make a difference if he's six months out from injury or six months in one week? I mean, for Cam Akers, 
Uh, and same with Derrick Henry, right? He's about, I don't know, 12 some weeks out from his surgery now, getting stronger. There is a mental side, but maybe where I got a little bit fooled on Cam was week 18, although it was, quote, a meaningful game, it wasn't. The, the Rams were still in the playoffs, and maybe with the actual playoff game and one game under his belt mentally, he could really let it go. So uh, to me, the most impressive thing about Cam Akers is not 17 carries in for 55 yards. That's not a great average, but he just looked better and different this week than last week in terms of being explosive and pushing off. But with that being said, the most important or, or, or uh, uh, significant thing is he actually got 17 touches and he looks better, but he's not 100%. Remember that one pass deep down the right sideline? It was underthrown, uh, but if he were healthy on his right Achilles, he might have been able to stop on his right foot and push back and come back and get that ball, and it fell incomplete. So Cam is not 100%. I actually think Derrick Henry probably is closer to 100% than Cam Akers, but neither one is. Okay. And our biggest um, biggest matchup difference in this game is the Titans' uh, running game over the Bengals' rush defense, 85-73.3, to and that obviously has to do with the Bengals' defensive line issues. But check back later in the week to see, uh, once we know more about Hendrickson, we uh, will adjust everything. And just so you know, from a betting perspective, this line opened two and a half. The pro betters came hard on Tennessee. I think under three, that under three really intrigued them, and now it's three and a half, and it hasn't moved since. I do know odds makers think a lot of Bengals money coming this weekend. Joe Burrow, public underdog, so we'll see how that turns out. Our second game on Saturday, Doc, uh, this is going to be an interesting one, I think. The Green Bay Packers, who are very healthy, we give them a score of 87.9. Against the San Francisco 49ers at 79.6. Now, Doc, before the playoffs, I bet the 49ers to win the Super Bowl 35 to 1. My thinking was if they played the Packers, they match up pretty well with them with their running game. However, I probably wouldn't have made that bet if I knew Fred Warner and, <laughs> and Bozo were going to be injured. So, what are you seeing with them and what are their chances of playing on Sunday or Saturday? Well, the- yeah, well, actually, you're right. It's Saturday game. And remember, the 49ers played on Sunday, and they turn around and play on Saturday. And that's important mostly for Nick Bosa, concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, first practice of the week, he was DNP, unlike Trey Hendrickson, who was LP. So you really have to look today for an LP from Nick Bosa for him to have a reasonable chance to play. If he goes DNP today, you have to think he's not going to play. He needs an FP before he's cleared. And it's very unusual to go DNP, DNP, FP. The pattern is DNP, LP, FP, cleared to play. So those aren't absolute. Concussions aren't cookie cutter. But that's what needs to happen for Nick Bosa to play. For Fred Warner, we did get some pretty good video in the end where it's a standard inversion ankle sprain. They said it was like an injury earlier this season where he didn't really miss. I think Fred Warner plays. Uh, Can he have full cutting ability on his right ankle? Can't be sure. I mean, he was jumping up and down pretty good at the end of the the, uh, Cowboys game. So I think Fred Warner actually does play. 
All right, Doc, now let's go to the other side of the uh, ball for the Packers, their defense. The uh, Zadarius Smith expected to come back. Jair Alexander expected to come back for the playoffs. Two key cogs for their defense. We have uh, we have that yellow and a yellow-red here up on the on the field view. Uh, what are you expecting from both of those players? You know, if between Z Smith and uh, Jair, if only one's going to play, I have to think it's Jair. Uh, Smith is coming back from his back surgery. He hasn't played, but he has a chance to, and the Packers say they're hopeful. And, of course, their other big addition is David Bakhtiari. Yeah, they're resting him, load management for practice. He's still recovering from that complicated ACL. But it's the playoffs. He's going to be out there. And uh, the Packers will even have some depth uh, with, uh, at, with Whitney Merciless likely returning from his biceps. I think he can run. He can tackle. I think uh, if he's arm tackling on that side, he may have someone run through him. But he can be effective as well in terms of uh, his return. So a few key guys coming back for Green Bay. Yeah, and uh, one key guy for the Niners, uh, Doc, who's been battling injuries a lot at the end of the season is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And now he's got a shoulder issue on the throwing arm. You know, I haven't heard too much about this. There's been a little bit of rumbling in the betting community that he's more 50-50 than people are letting on to. What are your thoughts on Jimmy G? And is, is he in any danger of missing this game? Well... I always say injuries beget injuries. And, you know, the public in general is prisoners of the moment. If you go back to that uh, Week 18 contest where they needed to win, oh, the first half, everyone was screaming he was terrible. And the second half, at halftime, he got that injection. It's like, oh, Jimmy G is pretty good. His thumb's fine. The truth is somewhere in the middle. If you look at Jimmy G, that late interception against Dallas in the playoffs that let Dallas back in, he admits that that was a grip issue that made him overthrow. So it's still related to the thumb. And his shoulder issue, the last throw in the first half, he is falling to the ground, but normally you just put your hand or wrist down. And Jimmy G didn't do it because he was worried he might catch his thumb. And because of that, he landed harder on his elbow, straight onto his elbow. And the force translated up into his shoulder. So it's more of a rotator cuff contusion. And uh, we just have to see how much swelling there is. I think you're right with the shoulder and the thumb. Look, I still think Jimmy G's going to play. Okay? They've clearly shown that's who they want to play. And Jimmy's not going to give up the mantle. But once again, now you have two things going on. Your throwing shoulder and your thumb. Now, how does that affect your accuracy? We've been saying before that we think Jimmy's throwing motion's been a little different as he's thrown underneath and tied to throws, shortened his arc more, not quite shot putting, but you get the idea because of the grip issue with his thumb. Now he's got a cuff issue, soreness, not tear. I think it's something to watch. I think that's why we have him yellow. I don't think it's a given that he's green and, and good to go. I think he's going to play. How well is the is the question? That's who they want to play. That's who they're going to ride. And how does that affect the game plan? To me, what it really all comes down to in this game is can the Packers stop 
the 49ers power run game. It's as simple as that, right? And, uh, of course, uh, Trent Williams is going to play through with his elbow. It's his right elbow. Uh, it's not his outside elbow. The right tackle still out for the 49ers. But it all comes down to the run game. Can they be creative in the run game and, and, and get yards? And if so, it, it, it's going to be a shootout or a tough day for Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, Doc, in terms of betting, I, I like this matchup more two weeks ago now. The It's a six-point spread. There hasn't been much movement. I think people are waiting on injury news. But if you tell me we're not going to get Boza, Warner might not be 100%, Jimmy G might not be 100%, now I think it's a tough ask for Green Bay to, for San Francisco to go into Green Bay and beat the Packers. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on these injuries. Again, we'll have everything up at sixscore.com. Make sure to check it out throughout the week. Well, Doc, now we get to the game we've been waiting for, our favorite one based on health. Um, the, on Sunday, the Rams and the Bucks. we give the Rams a pretty good advantage of 83.5 to 75.8. A lot of yellow and red on uh, Tampa Bay. So, Doc, I want to get right into it because we, we thought the Eagles had a significant health advantage last week. But again, we go just by health. The Eagles weren't the matchup to take advantage of the Bucs. They can't throw the football. They live on running the ball. That's what Tampa Bay does well. But we're watching the game. Like, Levante David could barely run. Uh, Dallas Goddard ran past him 100 times in that game. But Jalen Hurts is, you know, uh, soon-to-be XFL starting quarterback. Has no <laughs> anticipation in the passing game. Couldn't get him the ball. Threw the ball late. Threw in the coverage. You know, and then we were watching uh, my man Shaq Barrett who was getting tossed around on the line. Then he kind of got that interception at the end, and it made people forget about that he was getting manhandled all day. You know, we heard Jimmy Johnson say the defense is healthy. We're hearing people say the defense is healthy. But we kind of think that might be fool's gold coming into this game, don't we? No question. I mean, look, Jimmy Johnson's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he knows way more football than I do. But just looking at movements and injuries – Look, I was wrong. I thought Shaq Barrett might miss this game. He actually played with his MCL and partial ACL, had a big brace on. Go look at the film. He doesn't look good as he moves. He's no threat on the edge at all, and he's just a warm body out there, a shell of himself. Now, one week he might be a little bit better, and look, he's a great athlete. That was a very athletic interception. But that wasn't showing off his knee and what he could do. That's just being a great NFL athlete. Levante David, especially in the open field, cutting but also just acceleration. He doesn't have it on that left foot side. So, uh, And the Eagles couldn't take advantage. I think what the Eagles did defensively that was very good is they involved their safeties and blitzes to compensate. That's where they brought the pressure, et cetera. Now, that's Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, a more experienced quarterback like Matthew Stafford might be able to take advantage of that eight-man box and and other things, and, and we'll see. But the other thing that I thought was very, very interesting, after the game, Jalen Hurts was, quote, in a boot, and there were reports that his ankle was not 100%. Okay, yeah, he had an ankle injury at the end of the season. But if, if, but if it's bad enough to be in a boot and he's not 100%, why on several option plays did he keep the ball versus hand the ball off to Miles Sanders, who looked like he could have gotten speed for the edge on the outside? Right. To me, if he's hurt you're and it's a 50-50 ball, you hand it off. 
right? Right. And I don't know. I think uh, I respect, uh, uh, you know, I'm not as harsh as you are saying XFL. But I uh, like Jalen Hurts. I just don't think he's a starting, uh, you know, he's, he's got a, a low ceiling, I think. And, well, and, 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 and some of it, it you have to say coaches, too, because remember earlier this game, we had a, a, a six-score huge advantage for the Eagles against the Cowboys on the run because the Cowboys were really injured. And they never ran the ball. They never ran the ball. They ran the ball three times that game. It's like, what? I mean, uh, it was crazy. And in this game here, I think you needed to attack those linebackers. And I don't see that they they really did it. So uh, I think Sean McVay, he studies film. He's going to see it. He doesn't need to see this podcast to know it. He studied the film. And uh, he'll see it. And, uh, you know, when you do film study, look, they played early in the year. They, they almost throw that out, right? It's the last four weeks, but especially the last week or two that everyone looks at. And they'll see that on Shaq Barrett and Levante David and have a scheme for it. But the Rams do have some good news. They, they originally had six defensive key players out, including both safeties. Taylor Rapp was concussion. This will be a second week. We need to see progression in the practice report back to full practice. But he's got a reasonable chance of playing this week. And and Weddle didn't look bad. Only 19 snaps, and they didn't attack or challenge him uh, uh, for the Rams. But, you know, I thought it was classic Eric Weddle. Look, when the game started, look, I know Eric pretty well, obviously. I didn't know what number Eric was, right? But just looking, once they opened up the field defense, I was like, oh, there he is. Just his body type style, how he moves, and how he's always directing people. This is He's been on the couch for two years. He just joined the Rams this last week, a couple days ago, yet he's the quarterback out there on, on defense telling people where to move and go. And I think he got fewer reps because everyone knows what he can do because of the game script and score, give the young safeties a chance to play and get acclimated to the speed of the game. But uh, we might see more out of Weddle, uh, too, uh, and the and the Rams uh, in terms of what they have. Yeah, and Doc, I'm going to tell you right now, the best bet of of divisional round weekend is the over in this game because I think both defenses got away with murder last week. First of all, if you put Eric Weddle on the field, Tom Brady's going to find him. So <laughs> the Stafford is going to. I mean, he. I, we're we're going to have player props up. You know, later in the week, I, I think Higby, the tight end for the Rams, is going to be a good bet because they're going to be able to exploit David in coverage. You know, I, I don't really have a strong opinion on who's going to win this game, but I do think, you know, based on our health projections and based on what we saw last weekend, I think there's going to be some points scored. So, you know, that's the way I'm going to go on this game. But there's another one guy I want to get your thoughts on before we leave this game is uh, Rams uh, left tackle Andrew Whitworth, Doc. He, he suffered an injury last weekend. Um, I, I know we have him green here. So are we good with him? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to play. Look, uh, he got hurt on the first play, rolled up on his right leg, and then right before half. But, you know, the score was pretty out of hand. He's 40 years old. So you bring up three interesting guys, Andrew Whitworth, Eric Weddle, and Tom Brady, right? I mean, Tom Brady's 44. Andrew Whitworth is 40. Eric Weddle's 37. But let me tell you, in terms of the positions they play, I think the guy who has it hardest is Eric Weddle at 37 in space, (laughs) and he's coming off his couch. The guy who has it easiest is Tom Brady 
Well, A, he's the GOAT, but the position of quarterback. Look, I'm old enough to remember George Blanda playing into his late 40s. Okay, not full-time quarterback, but doing something. Andrew Whitworth, because he's more confined in a box, and he's a veteran, uh, I think Andrew Whitworth is going to play uh, in, in this matchup. And I think you're right as I think about it. I think the quarterbacks in the game, in this in this game, both sides can exploit advantages. And, you know, you hear Tom Brady all the time. He sees a corner go off to the sideline, and here comes a new guy. Here comes the deep shot, right? He's going to go in, and he's going to test Eric Weddle. Eric, my friend, is going to be able to prove he's made a steal, and he can beat the odds and get it done. Or he's going to be exposed by Tom. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I do hear what you're saying, and, and uh, I do like it. And then, of course, the run game. Leonard Fournette is not a guarantee to play, at least not full snaps. Ronald Jones is probably further from playing. And, uh, you know, but Gio Bernard did pretty well, you know, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, so they'll have something back there. But I'm not sure Leonard Fournette is full go. Yeah, Doc, and the, the player, this is, we're doing this podcast on Wednesday, and the player props for the games aren't up yet, but, you know, I do think you're right. I think Gio Bernard in the passing game uh, to offset some of that pass rush is going to be big. Like I said, Higby for the Rams on, on Levante David, because they don't have, you know, the the secondary for the Bucks has been injured this year, too, so they can't, they can't put a lot of guys on the tight end, so... This is a good game, I think, for player props, too. So there's a lot of different ways you can bet these games based on health. So go back to sixscore.com. We'll have some player prop stuff up this weekend, but I can promise you I'll be looking at this game to find some advantages. And thanks for reminding me. uh, Now, basically, number one corner, Sean Murphy Bunting did not play Mm -hmm. for the Bucs that game. Carlton Davis dealing with a back issue play. And the slot corner played dealing with – uh, hamstring issues, but you never like hamstring issues in a cornerback, right? And so there's there's a few issues on the on on Tampa side, and you know I don't look at the betting things like you do. I just look at the injuries. But what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, and that's I think that's one of the games we can really exploit. The uh, the last game of the weekend, we don't see a ton of edges here, Doc. We these are two healthy teams, according to us. We got the Chiefs at eighty nine six score. We got the Bills at eighty seven point nine. So it's close on the number. The Chiefs are uh, a slight favorite at home. It's close on the health score. There's uh, two good football teams. This is a great way to end the weekend. Uh, is there anything you see here, Doc? I'm looking at our field view. I mean, the, the, you know, the way McKinnon looked at running back for the Chiefs last week, I don't even know if uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire being hurt matters anymore. He looked better than him. So any significant advantages you see here? Well, you know, first of all, uh, you know, I, I might get a firsthand look. We'll see. My son's trying to convince me to go to the game. Patrick Mahomes is his favorite player, uh, et cetera. But the, the only injury stuff, when the Bills are on offense and the Chiefs are on defense, both sides are as healthy as you, you will ever see uh, with very minimal uh, issues, if any. The only, I don't even want to mention it, worry. The only reason we have Josh Allen green-yellow, he's completely healthy. But we don't have any information to contradict the fact that he's still subject to the daily dreaded COVID testing. Now, COVID's been pretty good throughout the NFL, right? For the mm-hmm. playoffs, basically nobody. 
because the number of teams are down, but the number of tests, you're only testing symptomatic players and really who's going to report symptoms. A lot of players have already tested positive and then are exempt. But Josh Allen has never gone on the COVID list. In theory, maybe he got vaccinated secretly. He likely is unvaccinated. And if he's subject to COVID testing, cross your fingers and make sure. I mean, uh, uh, if it pops up now, starting Wednesday, he's out. And I hope I'm, it won't happen since I'm saying it. But next up, the Chiefs on offense and the Bills on defense is, is where the matchups are going to be. You mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought he would make it back to play with an injection last week. Didn't You're right, McKinnon looked good. But we were right saying Williams, Daryl Williams, with his toe was a bigger deal than people were letting on. He didn't do much of anything, and a fresh McKinnon did pretty well. I still think it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire maybe coming back and being more effective than Williams, but of course McKinnon will get sprinkled in or used a lot. Uh, the big issue here is still the offensive line for the Chiefs. Uh, look, it was great news that Orlando Brown is playing again. It was unusual to have a calf injury sit out and then return to play the next game. But, you know, maybe that had to do with the fact that they were just kind of resting him in week 18, just like Tyree Kill, not so much worried about the number one seed. But Lucas Niang is out with that patella tendon. Orlando Brown is in, so some depth issues. They are on right tackle number three, and that's a big deal. Um, Remmers is out for the season. Niang is out for the season. And uh, with that, the right guard shifts over. So the right side is where the potential advantages are, and the Bills have a very stout defensive line. If there's going to be a mismatch injury-wise, it's going to be on the Bills' defensive line over the Chiefs' offensive line, especially on the Chiefs' right side. And the Achilles heel for the Bills on defense is, you know, uh, at Thanksgiving, Tredavious White tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. And we all know Kansas City has a lot of weapons. So even if the number two guy steps up and, you know, can, can kind of manage with Tyreek Hill, you still have a lot of other receivers and Travis Kelsey to deal with. Uh, so that's the side of the ball. The Chiefs on offense, can they protect Patrick Mahomes from the Bills' defensive line? And for the Bills, can they stop the passing game with their number one corner out? Yeah, Doc, and you make a good point because I bet the Bills to win the Super Bowl, you know, way long time ago, way before the season um, when they had good odds. But, you know, a, sometimes when a really good player gets hurt at some point in the season, we kind of forget about it. But Tredavious White is one of the top corners in football. And at some point in the playoffs, that injury could show up. Uh, they've done a good job kind of hiding it throughout the year. But, you know, you play teams like the Jets and the Dolphins who can't really exploit it. It'll be interesting to see in this game uh, how, how the Chiefs, because uh, the first time these two teams played, White was there. So that'll, that's going to be an interesting point to the game that I don't think's really been talked about much. Well, and, and here's what happens. See, look, let's say you can scheme out Tyree Kill, even without Tredavious White. But you're probably doing it with cornerback two moving up to cornerback one to do so. Now, what about cornerback three against wide receiver two? And what, So there's a domino effect downstream. And, and what do you want to take away? So it's not just the one spot to look at. And um, there's no question both those teams are relatively healthy, which is 
kind of what makes it fun for us to get into the weeds of the nuances as opposed to, well, it's obvious one team's hurt and one team's not. But those are the two areas, the Bills at cornerback and the Chiefs on the right side of their offensive line. That's what it would be to watch more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and whether he plays. Yep, and Doc, in terms of the betting, um, early money coming in on the Bills. It'll be interesting to see where the public goes on this game. I think it's going to be the Chiefs' slight favorite at home, point and a half. So it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good game to end off the divisional round. Uh, so then, Doc, then, then we're down to three football games, <laughs> three NFL games, and, and we're done. It's hard to believe, but uh, anyone. Oh, there's the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> we'll be all over the injuries on the Pro Bowl. <laughs> but uh, listen, we do a video and an audio podcast. Uh, I mentioned that we have the the field views up. If you're listening to us, go to sixscore.com. We have all the field views right there, all the six scores, all the information, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for all our latest videos. Well, Doc, that's it for the divisional round. We'll see you next week for the two championship games.